There's a chance for Mule and Burroughs. They score! And the Mules score! Scores! Three in a row for the Mules! Duke has to put it up at the buzzer! It's good! And the Mules win it! Coming to you from Allentown, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Mule and Mules podcast. Each episode, we'll talk to the coaches, staff, athletes, and alumni who make up the Muhlenberg Athletics family and are proud to call themselves Mules. And welcome to the international edition of the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. Our guests this week are two of the Mules' international student-athletes, Victor Jacobs, a senior soccer player from Oostgeest, Netherlands, and Benedict Kohler, a sophomore tennis player from Durban, South Africa. Welcome, guys. Thank you for uh, joining us. It's a snowy day here in Allentown as we're recording this. I know you guys are probably enjoying a little bit warmer weather, but appreciate you taking the time to talk about your experience as an international student athlete at Muhlenberg College. And Victor, let's start with you. Talk a little bit about where you're from and tell us how you wound up at Muhlenberg. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I'm Victor Jacobs. I'm from Oostgeest in the Netherlands, which is about 20 minutes outside of Amsterdam. The reason I ended up at Muhlenberg is because my uncle moved to, to the U.S. like 20 years ago, and I kind of wanted the same experience as, as my cousins because they all went to school in Pennsylvania too. I mean, that's how I found out about Muhlenberg, and I loved it here for four years now, so it's great. All right, and how about you, Benedict? Tell us a little bit about where you're from and, and how you wound up at Muhlenberg. Yeah, sure. So I'm basically from a city called uh, Durban which is inside a province called KwaZulu-Natal, which I guess you can think of a province similar to like a state in the US. So yeah, it's basically, it's, it's quite a nice city. It's about 20 minutes from like the beachfront. And then within like a two hour drive, you've got like mountain ranges, lakes. And then, yeah, it's, it's quite nice. Weather's like really great all year round, it does get a bit hot. Like I, literally this past uh, three months I've, I've been here, every day has been like between 80 and 100 degrees. So it's been, uh, it's been good, but, but quite hot, yeah. And then how I ended up finding my way to Muhlenberg, I think for me, the big decision was really just deciding to, to study in America as opposed to, to South Africa. You know, I feel like South Africa is like a nice place, but it's like a bit of a bubble. You don't really get much exposure to the rest of the world. And I look at my friends and they're having like a really great time at the university they at. But I just feel like for me, I really wanted to kind of get exposure to a really big country. I also like the fact that Muhlenberg was quite close to New York. I haven't been there too much, but uh, I really wanted to kind of get a feel for what big city life was. And um, just, you know, I think America in general is a, like a foster paced environment. And then Muhlenberg, to be honest, just ticked a lot of the right boxes for me. I thought the the tennis was was quite good. Good academics offered the, the courses that I wanted. I liked the fact that it was quite small, so you can kind of get to know your, your professors. So, yeah, that was kind of my, my reasoning. All right, that, that sounds great. Well, we're, we're obviously, we're very glad that both of you decided to hop overseas and, and, and attend Muhlenberg. What are, what are some of the differences that maybe you had to adjust to uh, once you got to the United States, uh, you know, to attend college that were different from your, from your home country? I will start. I think for me, the biggest difference was the language because at home we speak Dutch. So like growing up and having lived in Holland for 19 years, like Dutch was just like my language I use every day, day in and out with all my friends, my parents. Um, so that for me, that was like the biggest uh, adjustment, like talking English the whole, like the whole day. And I even remember freshman year that like, I would feel like tired at the end of the day because like, it's just like such a, you use like different muscles in your mouth when you talk English and stuff. So, uh, that was definitely the biggest adjustment for me. Shit, yeah. For me, um, you know, fortunately, English is my, my first language. And I, 
yeah, I actually don't speak any any other languages, unfortunately. But so that wasn't really that tough to to adjust to. But I guess what really surprised me was just kind of the the working culture in America. Um, I don't know if it's just college, but like compared to high school, um, I literally came to America thinking there's no ways I was going to study on weekends, like maybe not even study that much past like five o'clock in the afternoon or something. And uh, yeah, all of these all of these semesters I've been studying. Yeah, um, I had to admit it, but like through most of the weekends and stuff. So I think for me, that's been a really big, big mindset uh, shift. So I, I guess uh, I, I guess the people in South Africa don't work as hard as... Uh... No, for them, I think, you know, I think in America, people, at least from what I've seen, take real kind of pride in their, in their work and their jobs and, and stuff. I think in South Africa, it's much more of an attitude where it's like, you work so you can live. You know, you literally just make money so that you can, you can have a good life. There's not... It's different. Like, don't get me wrong. There's some people that definitely feel like they have a calling and and wanna and and enjoy their work. But a lot of the time, it's just kind of working to make money so that you can you can kind of have a good life. And obviously, with that with that attitude, you you try and work a lot less. And um, yeah, the work life balance, I guess, is is a in my opinion quite a, a bit better in, in South Africa, which is just different. What what has your experience been like as an international student? For me, I think it's been great because I never really was exposed to like being by myself on like a whole different continent and like and like feeling like home in a community because where I'm from high school is just like a place where you go to school like there's no high school sports it's just like it's way different than here at Muhlenberg I came to this like community where you know you almost know everyone and everyone you know cares about Muhlenberg and like in sports especially so I love that like a sense of community that I felt and like representing the school that's definitely something I enjoy. Yeah, for me, when I was in high school, I think I did, I felt like I did have a bit more community than, than what Victor's, Victor's talking about. So yeah, no, my experience has been, has definitely been good for the most part in, in America. I kind of wish that I'd actually got to experience it a, a bit more because I mean, I've literally only been on campus for about, you know, about five, six months. It was just my first semester and a bit of the, bit of the second, but I really enjoyed some of the tennis tours, kind of going to Florida with the team. I also went down to down to Virginia so um, I've enjoyed that aspect of it I have to admit I don't feel quite like Victor in terms of like finding a strong community in in America I think maybe maybe I've had a bit of bad luck or, or something but I think I definitely get on with with South Africans a lot a lot easier than than Americans so I guess I'm still kind of adjusting to just the American American people in general but yeah I, I really like the exposure that I'm, I'm getting in America and just being able to see see different parts of the world is it's really great yeah, I mean, that's also something I, especially freshman year, that was something I had to get used to, like, being around, around Americans, because it's like friendship are like different than like here than they are back home in Europe. It's just the way people go about like little things, like even like, how are you saying, like saying, how are you, for example, here in the US is like, oh, how are you? Like, he's cross each other. But back home, when you say, how are you? Like, it means like, let's have like, let's talk about it. Let, like, let's unravel everything. So like, it was like little things like that, that I had to get used to. But um, the, I remember like freshman year, it took like some time to like get used to like all this new social norms and everything. Yeah. And one, one of the things you mentioned about, um, you know, not playing on a on a high school soccer team, uh, Victor, the college system of, of athletics is really is really unique to the United States where where you go to a college and 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 you play for a team and, and you represent that team. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, that has to be pretty cool to be able to do that. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I love it. Did you have a high school team that you played on, Benedict? Yeah, so uh, I guess 
my school, um, I did a lot during during primary school actually. So up until grade grade eight, I was really part of the um a team, and that that was great. But then in high school, what happened is my first kind of I guess two years in high school, um, I was I was part of a team, but then I tried to pursue tennis a bit more, a bit more competitively. So I ended up. It's a long story. I won't go into the details, but I ended up doing mainly distance learning, and I lost lost track of. Um, I didn't really have a team to to represent my last kind of uh, three years, so it has it has been nice being being part of the team again. You know, I guess tennis, like you said earlier, it's a bit more of an individual sport than soccer, but uh, it's it's still nice being part of that team, and um, yeah, I'm in, I'm enjoying it. Okay, and then of course wherever people are in the world uh, these days, that they're being affected by the pandemic pandemic uh, COVID nineteen. And just wanted to talk a little bit about that, just to get some kind of different perspectives. I think um, those of us in, in Pennsylvania uh, and in the United States have been, uh, you know, for the last 10 months, we've been, we've been dealing with this. Um, and just curious to see how it's been uh, perceived or handled differently in, in, in other parts of the world. So, you know, first, if each of you could talk about just what the whole procedure was like when when things got shut down in March. Victor, uh, you were actually in South Africa, ironically, when uh, when yeah. everything went down in March, you were studying abroad. Correct. Yeah, I was in, in Cape Town and then uh, we got sent back home in March. Still didn't really know what this whole pandemic was. Just knew that it was like pretty bad and the program was canceled. Um, then I got back home. And to be fair, in Holland, like last summer, it was very like not strict. Like we could do like a lot of stuff like places were still open but here in the U.S. my friends told me that like like nothing was open like it was way more strict like masks everywhere but then like fast forward to now in Holland we have like a curfew stores has, haven't like they haven't have not been open for like two months it's all because we had like a massive second wave um, so we should have definitely like did what the U.S. did or like maybe other countries like be more strict from the beginning on instead of like waiting it out because that's why right now we're like like right now you're not allowed to go on the street between 9 p.m and 4 a.m otherwise you get like a hundred dollar fine it's like super strict i was also surprised that i like when i was talking to my friends back home that they were like not even like seeing each other while, while i was at school and i was still like you know somewhat seeing people who were on campus so yeah that was surprised when in south africa i, I don't really because i wasn't there for the when it all like i left right before it started so maybe ben you can definitely tell me more about that right yeah yeah sure so um, initially for me, I was still, um, like, like Victor said, I, you know, you just didn't know what COVID was in the beginning. And I guess I was a bit naive or optimistic. So initially, I actually went to a friend's house in New Jersey for the first about month and a half, just hoping that we could return to, to campus. And then from there, literally all of a sudden, um, South Africa shut their borders and UK was just starting to shut their borders. And I literally boarded one of the last flights into into the UK and my mom and sister were actually very terrified they had me go to some really uh, was like one of the only places that would take me but it was like not not a great hotel basically to say the least so I was isolating in there for like a week and a half got to got to UK and had a rough couple of months yeah I just didn't really do much but then I think after the first I guess month and a bit um, things started opening up at least a lot of people there like the rules in the country were strict, but the actual people, some people obviously were really strict, but others, you know, were a bit more relaxed about wearing masks. So yeah, things kind of got a bit back to usual. And then finally, South Africa opened their borders. I got back there 
and um, literally the day I arrived back in, in, South, in South Africa, this was in October, UK then shut their borders again. And since then they've been in, in hard lockdown. But in South Africa, like again, it, it's actually these last few months have been really great. Now they had like a massive resurgence again. So the, the government started clamping down, but still a lot of the people I think in South Africa, although the rules are strict, they try to, they, they're a lot more relaxed. It, like they wear masks in shops, but it, it's actually been very, very nice in, in South Africa. But in terms of what the government imposes, it's been it's it's been very strict. But I guess people just don't follow it that that much. Yeah, I guess I guess that's uh, there's probably that going on all over the world. No matter where you're from, there's probably you know there's probably people who who, who don't follow the rules and and maybe don't take it as as seriously as others. And and Benedict, I understand that you had to adjust your travel plans to come back to campus this spring. Yes, yeah, I, I find it quite funny. Like I used to book flights literally like three, four months in, in advance. I think my mom even once booked a flight like almost six months in advance. Like she just likes planning ahead. I basically ended up now waiting a lot longer than usual. I booked a flight, I think it was two or three, literally about two weeks in advance. And then I guess a day ago, you know, Biden just announced the new restrictions on South Africa and I think also some U UK countries from, I think, I know Saturday, the restriction, you know, in South Africa, the restriction starts on Saturday. So I then ended up having to adjust my travel, literally, I mean, I adjusted it yesterday. So I'm now having to plan like three days ahead, but uh, it looks like uh, I'm on a flight that's supposed to fly. So I should, should still make it back. Wait, so how's that gonna work? Are you gonna fly straight to uh, America or do you have to stop somewhere else first? Yeah, so I'm, I'm flying from, uh, to Doha. Because I think I'm flying for Qatar Airways, and I think that's literally one of the only airlines flying. Like I've heard, I know my flight on British Airways was cancelled a while back. I think Emirates, some of their flights were cancelled. So Qatar is like one of the only airlines flying. So I'm flying to Doha, and then from there on to uh, JFK. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. It's 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 you know you have to pivot is what they call it every time the the new restrictions come out and you have to change your plans. They call it pivoting. So you've you've had to do plenty of. Of, yeah, I've definitely um, done a lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> I've done a lot of that. Victor, you were you were on campus last fall training with the mostly the newcomers on the on the soccer right. team. You were among a, a handful of upperclassmen who were allowed to be on campus uh, in the fall. Of course, Muhlenberg uh, inviting everyone back to campus in the spring. We're all looking forward to that. But what was it like on campus in the fall? You know, mm -hmm. with with pretty much mostly freshmen and then just a few upperclassmen and. And, and some of the, uh, you know, some of the restrictions on, on what you what yeah. you could do. Well, at first it was pretty, it was pretty like kind of overwhelming because like you walk into the dining hall, there's like, there were big like plastic screens everywhere. And it was like, it was like nothing I was used to. Uh, and it was like no familiar face because like there were barely any upperclassmen there. But after like two weeks, I kind of got used to it. And then, you know, you start enjoying it. And it's uh, like, it's a new, they call it the new normal and it, it works and it's, um, it wasn't bad and also like having like soccer and being able to practice and lift and still living i was living with nim nimbazim he's also on the soccer team so uh it was actually pretty good yeah i mean the weather was still great we uh we had like plenty of stuff to do and and i think with the new covid stuff like that's the new restrictions and with like what muhlenberg's doing next semester too it might take like a few days or like maybe weeks but then eventually like for like everyone it's definitely something everyone can get used to and will enjoy eventually Right. And, and Benedict, so you were, I guess you split your semester, right? And you said you left London in October, right? So yes, you spent yeah, half so your semester. In, yeah, yeah. I was between uh, first half in London and then the, the last stretch in, uh, in South Africa. 
Yeah, so you were doing remote learning in the fall. What was that like? It wasn't too bad, to be honest. Um, I think once I kind of accepted that, that I, you know, the entire semester was going to be online, like obviously I was actually hoping to return to, to campus and I just decided against that in the end. But eventually, you know, you kind of just accept you have to learn on, online and I just kind of put my head down. And to be honest, I didn't really do much besides work in terms of with the school. Like I know they, there were some clubs hosted online and stuff, but I just didn't feel like that was was the same as being on campus. So I, I pretty much just put my head down, worked and said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to a semester when I can, when I can return. That was kind of my, my attitude. Yeah. And, and you'll be back in a couple of weeks and you're a, you're a math and computer science double major. So I would imagine those courses kind of lend themselves maybe a little bit better to online learning than, than some other areas of study. Yeah, that was my thinking. I decided to take last semester just entirely computer science and math courses. Look, I, I do normally collaborate with people a bit a bit more, especially, well, there's one computer science uh, course, software engineering, where I got to, we worked in groups a lot, and that was kind of my only major interaction uh, last, last semester. But besides that, yeah, I guess a lot of it was pretty much just me being able to do to do all of it by myself. And luckily, I, I you know I enjoyed those courses, which is also why I wanted to take them. And it, it wasn't like I said, it wasn't wasn't dreadful, it wasn't wasn't too bad. The spring semester starts at Muhlenberg on on February eighth. And, and other than just being around other people, what is it that you guys are looking forward to the most, or or maybe what you missed the most about? about last semester or, or, or since March? Um, yeah, I guess I'm, I, apparently, um, well, I chatted to our tennis coach uh, a bit and it looks, I don't know, he seemed the last time we chatted quite optimistic that we might be able to train a bit. So, I mean, I'm really looking forward to to doing that. And then, uh, yeah, I guess just, uh, I hope to still get off campus, campus a tiny bit. Um, Victor and I actually chatted about going on one or two hikes. Uh, so I guess I'm looking forward to, to doing something, something like that if we allow. Uh, that should sure, be good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me to like being with the whole team again instead of just eight or ten players um, is definitely gonna make a big difference. Also, for me, since it's gonna be my final semester in college, um, I'm excited. I'm gonna live in the ATO house this semester, and I'm just excited to live there with my brothers um, and enjoy like one last ride and just uh, have a good time and seeing everyone because some people I haven't seen like because I went abroad in the spring, so I haven't seen them in like maybe a year and two months. So I'm very excited to see like all those faces again. Have a good time, but in a safe way, right? Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Always in a safe way. <laughs> of course. We usually end our uh, podcast here with uh, asking people about their, their favorite quotes. And, and I was going to ask you to say them in, the, in your native language. Uh, but Benedict, you just said you don't know any languages other than, than English, huh? No, to be honest, I did look up one or two Afrikaans sayings that uh, um, I, I remember from, because I mean, I am a, you know, the area I'm in, there are some Afrikaans people and, and stuff. So I, I do, I do have a saying, I don't know if it's that great, but. <laughs> okay, give us, give us your best Afrikaans saying then. Uh, which um, basically means don't, don't shake the chicken. Well, that's his literal translation, which, uh, which means just, um, You've just got to be patient and, and stop overdoing things or, or stop kind of rushing rushing things. Don't, don't shake the chicken, huh? Yeah, that's just direct uh, direct translation. Yeah, so maybe, maybe if you're playing a tennis match and, and you're struggling, maybe maybe your coach can, can tell you that to calm you down, right? Don't shake the chicken, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a funny thing to, to say. All right, Victor, let's, uh, let's have a good, uh, good Dutch, uh, Dutch words. Yeah, so mine was, um, niet geschoten is altijd mis which means uh, if you never shoot, you always miss. 
I think there's some similar one in, in English maybe, but um, it's definitely something that I, I kind of try to live by, like always try, because if you don't try, you always miss. So uh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I think Wayne Gretzky said, you, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. So that, yeah, that, I think that's the American version. That's, yeah. that's the, that would be the uh, English or I guess Canadian. I don't know if he originally said it in French or English. So we're, right. we're talking all sorts of languages here. Yeah. All right, Victor Jacobs from the Netherlands, Benedict Kohler from South Africa. Victor, you're in you're in Miami now, so good luck to both of you getting back to campus for uh, the start of the second semester on, on February. Benedict, your travel a little bit more complicated, but hopefully you arrive safely and and have a great uh, spring semester on campus at Muhlenberg. And and thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is a production of the Muhlenberg Office of Athletic Communications with Joe Widener, Zoe Keim, and Marty the Mule. If you have any questions or comments please send us an email at mulespodcast at muhlenberg.edu or call our pod line at 484-664-4001 and leave a message. We will answer questions in future episodes. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is available on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your podcast. Please rate and review us and recommend us to your friends. For the latest in Muhlenberg College athletics, please follow us on social media at M-U-H-L underscore S-P-O-R-T-S. Until next week. Go Mules!